Welcome to The Grow Show, powered by Steel. On The Grow Show, we share ideas, tips, tactics, and insights to help you grow your landscaping business based on our team's 40 years of experience running a landscaping company and working with other owners and their teams to do the same. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Here's your host, Marty Grunder. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever the case may be. This is Marty Grunder, and you are on another super edition of The Grow Show, powered by Steel. And I am very, 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 can I say very a couple more times, excited to have Ryan and Annette McCarthy from RJ Lawn Service in Des Moines, Iowa with us today. And they are our hosts for Grow, February 6th, 7th, and 8th, Des Moines, Iowa, beautiful town, folks. We've got a super setup that we're going to go through in terms of the conference, but even more of what's super is Ryan and Annette's wonderful company, and I've got them with me today so we can get to know them a little bit. Ryan and Annette, welcome to The Grow Show. Hey, Marty. How are you? Thank you. We're doing great. Always good to see both of you. I see you're in your beautiful offices with the conference room. Let's jump right into it. This year's Grow is very unique. First of all, we've never been to a company that has a robust snow and ice business, which you guys are one of the largest commercial snow and ice contractors, certainly in the state of Iowa, even in the Midwest. You're married. It's a woman-owned business. I mean, there's just a lot of cool, unique things here. So take us back to the beginning and tell us how RJ Lawn Service got started. I was shortly out of high school and Des Moines, I was going going to school for business and started at the local community college and had the opportunity to continue to work at a property management company that I had worked at all through high school. And about four years into that and understanding general business degrees back in the late 90s, I was most likely going to go work for a large insurance corporation, or which is really big in Des Moines. And I knew that probably wasn't going to be a great fit for me. I didn't want to be in a, in a large office setting. I wanted to be have some freedom. I enjoyed the outdoors. And so my brother and I had an idea. Uh, we were managing some of the some of the companies for this prop, property management company that we worked for and thought that there was opportunity that we could do some things differently and look at come at it from a different angle, ways that we can improve things and, and do things in a better way. And so we pushed all our chips in the middle of the table and we opened up shop. Our second year in, the the management company was gracious enough to give us opportunity to to do some of their fee-managed properties, some of their smaller stuff, and allowed us to start growing a little bit. And really, that's kind of it. From that point, I mean, honestly, it was even started with the idea that we would maybe do this for four or five years and, and it was just going to be a resume builder or something to separate separate us from the herd, so to speak. It certainly wasn't going to be my grades. And so we wanted just something different for our resumes. And, you know, we got three years into it and we started growing at a pretty good pace and decided that maybe there's more to it than, than just the resume, resume builder. And so we started to just focus on on that and I didn't end up finishing college uh, sometimes I regret it but you know we were in a good spot and, when, um, when did you meet Annette and when did she come on because we both know that's when the company went ba-boom <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it was like four years into it kind of a funny story I always tell everybody I picked my wife up from Iowa workforce development not my favorite part of this I was <laughs> 
I was young and, and we were looking for any way that we can find people. Probably the first, you know, seven or eight employees that we had were, were guys that I went to high school with and or worked with me at that property management company and they would come on the weekends or part time and you know had a had a really good group of people. But you know, we always eventually run into that point where you don't know enough people, you know, the circle's not big enough. And um, we had help one of ads and everything else. And, and even back then in the late nineties, it was hard to find people. And she called and asked if we were hiring. And so we ended up interviewing her at a McDonald's and said, yeah, let's give it a try. It was kind of an interesting thing, you know, at the time, little did they missed out, you know, our competitors missed out. They didn't want to hire women to work in the field. And I'm the youngest of eight. I've got three sisters. The way we were raised, everybody was going to work. And I have no problem, you know, hiring, like working alongside a female or, or either going to do the work or you're not going to do the work. So we didn't think anything of it. So, yeah, come, come aboard. And I mean, the rest is history. I mean, I grew up with a family of boys, boys and more boys. Most of my dad's side of the family, uh, it, it's just a bunch of men. So, you either stand up or sit down and shut your mouth. So uh, I was kind of used to that idea of, yeah, get out and get it done. Probably a little bit of a chip on my shoulder that, you know, yeah, girls can do it too kind of thing. So I was going to school at the time and just wanted to work outside before I entered the lifetime of office work. And uh, yeah, after school, I ended up going to work for a GC, learned a lot about job costing really where I got into numbers more so than college. And for specificity, we did not date while I worked in the field. I never dated the boss. That came later. And then as they kept growing, about in 2008 is when um, I left my other job. I'd been there about eight years. And they were really starting to have that trajectory, but needed somebody to kind of you know pull the, the number side of it together on the office and, and really understand you know, just because this seems like a good client, like, are you actually making money? Annette, I've seen that value that you continue to bring to the table. I think if I remember correctly, your degree's in English, right? <laughs> yes. Well, I have to love for all words, Marty. Well, I know, I understand, but I'm not belittling the degree because I actually used to wonder what you would do with an English degree. As I've matured, I have realized there's a lot of rhyme and reason that is taught to English majors, like there's a cause and effect to things. And they tend to be very good strategic thinkers. And, you know, I've been around both of you a lot. You know, Ryan's the guy that, that gets a lot of the work done in the field, and you're a lot of the, you know, strategy and the other things behind it. So it's actually a really nice combination, if you ask me. Sure. I, I certainly probably wouldn't take the leaps that he does. So only the one that is out there, you know, taking this next step and pushing us. But what we've talked about in our meetings before, there's that vision where there's a tether between reality and the vision. Like, we'll go here and you pull them back. Maybe sometimes Ryan gets you to move a little bit faster, make you a little bit more uncomfortable than you'd like to be. But then there's times where you say, Ryan, we're fine. Go for it. I got it. And I think that's a really good harmony. You know Vince and I well. That's kind of what Vince and I have together at the Grow Group. I'm more like Ryan. And Vince is probably more like you if we're going to look at personalities and and that's good. Let's talk a little bit about the business mix. Can you can you share your business mix so the listeners might know more about the type of work you do 
and how much work you do so they understand the scope? Sure. So we're about a 10, approaching 10 million this year. We do 15% of that is installation work. The other 85% is maintenance, recurring revenue. Of the maintenance, we focus heavily on commercial. So about 80% of that is commercial business. On the landscape side of things, the install, that kind of flip-flops. In our market, the people doing a lot of the you know, hardscaping, softscaping tends to be more, more on the residential side, but we like to maintain the ability to do that for our commercial clients too. So those two flip-flops really kind of complement each other well. Snow removal. Give us a feel for how much snow removal that you do, because I know it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I included that in the maintenance number there because to us it is, you know, recurring maintenance has to happen in the, you know, contractually the way that it's bid and, you know, build out and all that. We, I think this year we're already at about two and a quarter million. We'll have some more revenue to recognize in November and December. So somewhere between the two to two and a half mark. Obviously, Mother Nature sometimes makes that. <laughs> A big impact on that. Uh, we've had some really crazy years where we've done that much in six weeks. Uh, that's a that's a challenging time. That's a stressful time. It's also a good time right afterwards to kind of celebrate with the team and, and do what you can to, to make up for the times we asked them to be away from their families and out at night. So we're with Ryan and Annette McCarthy on The Grow Show, powered by Steel, and we're getting to know these two awesome people. We just were going over their snow removal revenues, which is over $2 million a year and just in snow alone. Core values. I, I know when I met you and I first came to see you, I can't even remember what year it was. I don't think that stuff was near as prevalent as it is today. I am by no means taking credit for your success. I'm not doing that at all. But every successful business is built upon strong values, and, and you two have them. What are the core values, the core principles for RJ Lawn and Landscape? What are they built upon? Talk, talk to us about that and talk to us about how you work on your culture to make sure they're focused on those core values. Well, it's funny you say that, Marty, because we just looked this up and it was 2016. Okay. You know, that was, I think, a year and a half after I bought my brother out. So it's just the two of us now. I was in a pretty tough spot at the time. And we were floundering a little bit, like we were growing still consistently. You know, we're, we're in an area that has seen consistent growth really my entire life. We're very fortunate in that regard. So, you know, getting to work is, is not to sound arrogant, but not necessarily always the most difficult thing. It's finding the right I don't work. Think it's arrogant, like true. Right. But at the time, we had we didn't have a mission and vision statement at all. We had no core values, and that was one of the reasons why we called you and and brought you in, and because really we're kind of rudderless, you know, so to speak. And and has we built upon that? I mean, it's always been built around do unto others. I mean, we talk about that in our in our safety meetings and our our kickoff meetings and everything else is you know help the person next to you. You know, whether that's a client or your fellow team member, or you know, we, we'd love to create that close net, you know, brotherhood, so to speak. And you know, as we've grown, that's become more of a challenge, but that's kind of the premise that we've always shot for. And, you know, in 2016, after you came in and visited with us and kind of 
put a, put a light on us, so to speak, is when we really started honing in on the mission and vision and the core values and, you know. Yeah, I think a big part of it is, you know, as a business owner, you already have those values internally. Well said. Um, it's not to say that you didn't have values before Marty came along. Exactly. I, I know what you mean. No, that's, that's very <laughs> well you, said. Yeah. The way you did do is what I tell them all the time, which is use your words. Like you got to flesh this out for people. And I think Everybody that, does not think the exact same way that you do. So you got to have a way to express it. And I think it's kind of maybe, maybe it's more of giving you permission to, you know, it's your company, the people that work with you there, you know, the values start with the two of you and, and you've been very, very intentional about it. I know just the conversations that we've had at, other events in our peer group meetings, which are part of our legacy peer group, the intentionality, the way that you hire to the core values, you fire to the core values. I've been around your people when when everyone comes to grow and they see the enthusiasm that the rest of your team has, your beautiful facility. I know you're sitting in your conference room. I know there were great pains taken. You had your team involved in designing the facility. You got a lot of windows. There's a lot of light. I mean, you're, you, you folks kind of understand like, we want to create a workplace that you two would want to work in. And we often talk in our peer group meetings, you know, would would you want to work for you? You know, and, and I think you've done a good job of that. What what are your thoughts there? I think so our, our very first core value on our signs, if you're walking through or, you know, looking at the handbook is honesty. And we talk about it in terms of being honest with yourselves and others. And that goes through so many aspects of what we do. You know, one, being honest that you don't have them written down. You haven't done a good job communicating them to your team. Like, take the actions, take the steps you need to do to, to recognize that you can be better, you know, and, and trying to get everybody at all times to understand. You've always got something to learn. They were really big on continuing education, learning, whether that's, you know, myself, that's something new, it's a new software, it's a new... Um, piece of equipment. You know, we have people come in, they might be on a mowing crew, but we want them to understand what our lawn treatment applicators are doing so that, you know, they recognize, hey, if something looks funny, that could be something really serious. You know, take a picture, give that client value by by pointing it out. But that part of that is they have to admit to themselves that they have something to learn. So everybody's not walking around with just a big head of like, hey, I've been in the business for you know, so long, I, I know everything. That's a big part of it. Really helps with what we really dove into winning with accountability when you brought it on to us a, a while ago. Um, we'll have our entire team like read out loud, you know, during training sessions here. Not their favorite thing to do to spit out the word specificity and right. never get stuck on that page. Right. That's <laughs> a know, great word, specificity. Right. comic relief, but, you know, understanding that. If something doesn't go well, not whose fault is it, but like, right. you know, what is it that made it like that? Right. Let's talk about so, solutions. Yeah. Did we not have it in the, did we not have the notes right? Did we, you know, flood the estimate a little bit? Did we forget to look at the drawing, you know, whatever that thing is and talk about it in terms of, you know, we're not looking to like point the finger or beat somebody over the head about it. We're looking so that we can all learn and and do it better next time because it is way more enjoyable, whether that's for the clients, for their managers, for the, you know, the person that's out there in the field, like it does not feel good when it does not go well. So, so as I hear you, I love what you're saying in that. And we, 
we often, I think we've said this in a meeting, but don't focus on the who, focus on the what. And when that is the mantra of the organization, I think people trust one another and they're more inclined to say, listen, I was a part of that screw up and here's what we need to do to get it better versus saying, well, I didn't do that. I, I didn't do that. Don't blame me. That's just not, as, as we know, that's not an attitude that's conducive to getting better. A business is only as strong as its team. Everyone that we talk to here, it's been going on since probably the end of 19, can't find people is what is, we hear a recurring theme everywhere. So how do you approach hiring talent, finding talent, and nurturing talent? What what are you looking for in for in team members, prospective team members? Share with share with us what you're doing there. And and I know you do something really cool with your spring kickoff days, your snow rodeos, the employee parties. I even heard you hosted a wedding at your facility. Just tell us a little bit about all those things that that would make someone take notice that RJ Lawn Service, RJ Lawn cares about you? It's been kind of an interesting process. You know, we're always looking for people and, you know, the easy thing is to say, well, I just, you know, hey, just hire me people with experience so that they're ready to go. And, and you know, we talked quite a bit with our managers and we've actually created a, re- a recruiter position. And, you know, we talk all the time that that's not necessarily the best thing. Um, we want to train for, or, or find people with good attitudes, find people that are that we feel that we can trust. You know, I always a good rule of thumb for them is we do work in my mom's house. You know, would you send would you send that person to my mom's house? And if the answer is no, I don't care if they have ten years experience. You know, it, it, it doesn't that that doesn't matter to us. So well said, folks. I I hope you're listening to what. Ryan just said there, that's a, that's a morsel there worth, worth repeating. That was good. We do background checks. We do predictive index. We've done a predictive index, I think, for over 15 years now. And that did the predictive index on me. Yeah. Oh, you know? All right. <laughs> I didn't tell you you could come be a weed eater, did I? No, no, no. Right. You were kind to me. Well, I get, I get flack for that sometimes. It's been that has been an interesting learning curve for us, but it's definitely helped us find like what we feel is a good a good spot on the bus for each person. It's led to some difficult conversations too. You know, that person that would be an outstanding salesperson probably is not going to be your best grading person that's going to sit in a skid loader for eight hours a day, and vice versa. You know, typically it's vice versa. You know, where you have a really smart individual that maybe is introverted that thinks that maybe they want to start selling and, you know, it helps, you know, you can use that as a tool to, to frame it for them of like, there's other avenues for growth. You know, maybe that's not the avenue that you want to go to and, or, you know, we can create some ride-alongs or some situations to kind of give them a, a look behind the, the curtain. Do you really think that this is going to be a great spot for you? I feel like that's helped lead to more longevity. You know, we've got some people well over the 10-year mark um, that we're pretty happy about. A few years back, what we really started realizing is the new hires that we're bringing in are definitely greener than what they were 10 years ago. You know, and everybody wants to, to complain about millennials or, or that, that generation. And I don't know that they necessarily are not hard workers. They just don't know what they don't know. And, and some of them are, we say around here, like, the 22-year-old is the new 16. 
you know, we've, we've been having uh, folks in their early 20s that this is their first job, you know, whereas that used to be when they're 16. So even though they're older and in your head, you think this person should be able to handle that. They've never been in that situation before. So we started doing more training in the winter. We don't lay off. So we started RJU and try to get some industry knowledge to those folks. And then spring and winter, we do a, a spring kickoff and, and snow rodeo. And honestly, we patterned them off of the Grow conference. And we break into stations, you know, for the snow one, that was the first one. And, and it's certainly evolved over the last oh, five, six years that we've been doing it. But we break out into individual pieces of equipment. Um, we have... We run asset, so asset on our phone. There's a stage there to show people that normally wouldn't clock in and out on a phone. We try to get them the, the first glimpse at it. So the first time they do it is not in the middle of a snowstorm. So they understand clocking into different different properties. Our snow managers really bumped it up the last couple of years with having a lot of interactive stations. So instead of just coming and listening to you know us talk or show them the phone, you know they actually get in the equipment. Uh, you know whether that's taking like a an SSV or you know a mag, whatever it is, they'll have cones and things they got to go down and back and around and put a little bit of competition and fun to it and uh, fun days. It's an, it's an expensive investment. So <laughs> we shut down. This the entire company shuts down for a day. We bring in a typically like a food truck. So we'll do like breakfast burritos or something first thing in the morning and try to have some sort of keynote speaker. Usually it's kind of our opportunity to address the entire company of like fun and exciting things in the next six months to a year. We break up, we do like five stations, then we, we have a catered lunch, and then we do five more stations in the afternoon. And then then a lot of times it ends up and you know they all get together and have a have a party of their own elsewhere <laughs> after after work. But you know, it's it's a great day that they all have fun with, but it mixes all our departments together and allows all those people to interact that maybe in the heat of the season they don't get the opportunity. Right. And I also I think one of the things you've realized is adult learning is tricky. And to sit everybody in a room and PowerPoint them to death and show them how to run a machine and show them videos. Some of that is good, but the see one, tell one, do one is a lot better where you're out doing things and people are moving and people are having fun and they're energized. I mean, that's just, that's just a lot better uh, method to use. When I listen to you talk about all this, this leads towards operational excellence and Everyone who knows RJ knows that you two are operators with a capital O. I mean, Annette just mentioned two pieces of equipment, Ryan, a, a Max and a something else. I have no idea what the heck those even are, okay? And I'm a landscaper. So we're, we're, we're talking about a lady that knows what's going on here. So could you walk us through some of the key tactics that you've deployed to ensure your operations run smoothly and your clients are happy? Well, I love snow. So if you want to talk snow equipment, I'm all over it. Probably odd that way. But yeah, if I had my pick, I, I'd be in a wheel loader with a sectional when it's snowing. And, and that's, you know, fine by me. Obviously, that doesn't operationally make sense. So we don't do a whole lot of that. But I do actually like to have all of our office people trained in our own parking lot on a wheel loader. So they understand, you know, when you need a question answered and you're calling that person in the middle of a snow event. Like, yeah, they're just driving around. But when they really understand, you know, what they're doing with their hands and 
you know, coming up to a curb and feathering the snow up and, oh, you got to watch for somebody driving in behind you that, yes, calling them every two minutes to ask them something is, is not ideal, you know, try that to stay there. So I, hope, I hope everyone listening here is, is taking in what Annette is saying. There, there's great things that you can do for your team when everyone understands what they're up against. All right. And the same thing goes for the wheel loader operators to understand what admins up against as well. But it starts with somebody taking the first step, sort of like what Annette is describing here, where she has the admin staff run a wheel loader to understand that, hey, don't be calling these guys all day because they're they're using their hands and they're trying to focus on keeping the blade out of the curb and not backing into a car and not having somebody run into them or running over a person. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's been super important. But I think that helps them see that other side. And, That's so smart. You know, they also obviously are like, really, you're going to let me drive that? That's <laughs> awesome. Got quite a few smiling faces in the wheel loader here. So that's been really good. Really, Ryan drives a lot of the equipment decisions. And, you know, like I talked about earlier, kind of being on that front end of what's next and new. And I guess I'd let you talk about some I mean, of the funny things we're doing. Even from the beginning, it's always been an operationally driven company. You know, I'm not much of a salesperson. I don't. I can sell. I don't enjoy selling. Like it's not my number one thing that I would go out and do every day. But I do like to tinker, not necessarily hands wrenches and things like that, as much as like looking at efficiencies. Like how could this be better? You know, when we talk about like when a job goes sideways, we talk about what could be better. But we also like to look when when it went well. Like what went well and how could that have even been better? And, you know, what tools make sense that we can put a dollar some sense to to put in the hands of our team members that they can work more efficiently without the use of labor. So, you know, we've we've started going down the road of electrification. And, you know, we've got Gravely electric motors. We're on our, this is our third season with them. And we've had really good luck with them. Yeah, we were pretty nervous about that investment. It was a large investment. But if we can see that continually continuing to go in that direction, we're looking at automation right now and, and, and some of the options that are available to us with robot mowers, mowers and things like that. Irrigation side, obviously, we're looking at the weathermatic systems of being able to remotely work on sites without having to physically go to those sites. You know, it's, it's all those common sense, you know, how can we do this better? Um, our hardscape crews use utilize vacuums for using for moving large slabs, so we can take the back labor out of it. And all those small things that we can do, that typically is a is a focus on efficiency, on safety, and you know, end result. Like if those three things can can pay dividends, we're going to start looking a lot harder on. Well, and and again, you know, your team appreciates that. I mean, the the things you're doing to make their job easier. I know a lot of folks that come to grow, Ryan and Annette, they are either trying to find a new building, build a new building, they're planning. We, we get calls all the time here at the Grow Group about who would be a good person to talk to. I know you're in a brand new building. Just give us the brief Reader's Digest version, like, why did you do a new building? Are you happy with it? I mean, it's cool as heck. I, I've been there a couple of times. It's just an awesome facility. I can't wait to show it off. Tell us a little bit about the building and the role that plays in your success. 
I used to work for a GC, so I, you know, I got to see some of those processes and be involved in some of them. So, you know, when we embarked on that, that was really, really helpful. I think the biggest thing for us as far as how we designed it is number one is functionality and durability. Like it's great to build a beautiful new building, but at the end of the day, we still have muddy boots when we all come back to the office. Well, you know, we really wanted it to be sustainable, you know, even like the landscape design and, and what we're putting out front, like what's nice for our team to maintain, you know, so it can look nice without tons and tons of effort on the backside of that. You know, we, it's kind of funny as you do talk to different people about, you know, when they built and what they did. I think the last one, is that San Antonio? Yeah. yeah, it was actually the last one. I believe he was talking about how he wished he hadn't put so many offices, walls. Uh, Dallas, yeah. Or, yeah, Dallas. But he wanted it to be, you know, more wide open. That's what we did. We have very few, you know, four-walled offices. There's, we kind of chuckled at it because there's times that we think, oh, we probably should put more walls in. It's pretty loud in here. You know, so there's definitely, you can think you have it all figured out. But once you get moved in, there's always going to be tweaks. I'd say it's just like a home. It's, you know ever evolving for us that's things like sound bat hanging from the ceiling so that you know when we're in a room like this it's all glass it's not super echoey you know again what we talked about earlier with all the windows you know a lot of us got into this business uh, even you know everybody in our office most of them have worked in the field before and made that transition inwards so the idea of not being able to see outdoors and feel it having that flexibility so that that's really why we have so many windows. We have a lot of bring clients in. So a lot of the outdoors in, you know, plants. We've got Bell Garden patio tile is actually our indoor tile here. You know, wood surfaces, you know, things that kind of bring nature kind of all together so that when it is February and perhaps a little uh, snowy and chilly and windy outside, uh, you know, we still have that ability to talk about the things that people are going to enjoy on their summer right. landscape. So what's been the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome there? Not just with the building, just in general. What what has kind of shifting gears here a little bit? I know you'll side with me on this. You know, people, we just had a group in yesterday for a field trip, Ryan and Annette, and I think they think I'm perfect. Like, <laughs> you know, I had to remind them several times that, you know, if if they want to hear what I've screwed up, I'll have my wife come over and she'll spend the next four months telling you what all I've done wrong. So, you know, we, we look good because we're a result of all those mistakes that we learn from and we get better. What have been your biggest challenges? Uh, people, 100% people for us. I, I think, like I said earlier, processes has always been our focus and, and we've done that so routinely. The hard thing is, is finding those processes with people because every person is individual and every person is different. And so adapting to how each person learns, you know, their emotional needs of, of how they they take confrontation or, you know, it, it just any any of those combinations, you know, is always a challenge to us of like, how do you scale that? And how do you, you know, when you coach somebody through, this is how I, I would do this situation. There's situationally, it's, it's, each thing is so different, whether that's dealing with a client or dealing with, as a crew lead to a crew member or a manager to, to crew leads, you know, each one of those situations is totally different, totally different. So 
from a process standpoint, I like the repeatables. <laughs> it's I, I like to really like really tighten in on those efficiencies on on those processes to do X, Y, or Z. And when there's other variables in there, to me, that's that's definitely a challenge. And and then along with that, you know, as we've grown, for me, per, on a personal level, is letting go. You know. It's hard for me to let go and know that not all of these people, folks are going to do it exactly how I would have done it 10 years ago or 20 years ago and trying to steer the, the, the ship, so to speak, to where it's as close as we could get, get it to that. But understanding that there's going to be nuances that, you know, you pick and choose your battles. Well, and, I, and I'll tell all of you, one of the reasons that RJ has grown the last seven years is Ryan has let go. and. One of the reasons Grunder Landscaping has grown is Marty Grunder has let go. And that would have been your challenges. Probably that I haven't let go. <laughs> no, oh, I, I don't think I've, I've, I've but, seen you let go. Yeah. Well, I let my hair down, that's for sure. But yeah, you know, for me, it's probably really hard just to turn it off. Like you know, when we do step away, not to. Not like a company is a you know a, a child or a being, but you work really hard at wanting everything to be perfect for those employees and those customers. So you know, giving yourself time to it's okay if something doesn't get called back tonight, or you know, if you miss a deadline, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I too would also like to be perfect, but there's only so much time in the day. So making sure you understand that. You know, it's okay not to be perfect. I don't know how many times I've been in meetings with both of you, but I'm always impressed with how you treat one another and how you get along. You'll probably chuckle at that, but that's not as common as you might think. I, I think being in business with your spouse can be very rewarding. I'm sure it can be very tough. And I think the two of you have figured out a way to make it work in a really, really good way. Well, even if he listens to what I have to say, it's totally fine. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Good, Ryan. Looking ahead, that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> I, know that. I know you're kidding. Looking ahead, what does the future hold for RJ Lawn and Landscape? Are there any exciting developments, projects, goals, things that you're willing to give us a sneak peek into before we come see you in February? Sure, all of the above. I feel like everything right now is everything all at once. Feels that way. Yeah, we're looking at we have we have a couple opportunities for acquisitions that is new to us. We we have not done that in the past. But we think that we have a couple of good opportunities in that in that front. We're also looking at expanding our facilities. So we're on a six-acre site. We have about 12,000, 12, a little over 12,000 square foot warehouse building that we operate out of. And then our office is separate. We're looking at starting a project that will put up a 20,000 square foot warehouse partially for rent to start with until we need it. So those are kind of the two biggest things on our on our horizon. But then, I mean, as always, you know, we, we strive for just a, a steady, say, 10 to 15 percent growth pattern. So, you know, on top of that is just to continue that growth, that steady growth year over year. So, yeah, we finally also when you talk about us being operators, forget sometimes that you're also supposed to be marketing and selling and all of those things above, one thing we really kind of let slack for a long time was our website. It's kind of funny. People would come to our office and be totally unexpected with what they saw because it didn't match our image online. 
So we started that late last year to you know work with a branding company, and hopefully we should have a new website come this fall and logo re- refresh. Yeah, kind of a logo refresh and have that match more up with you know our facility or people what we're actually doing, making sure that that social media part of it, which is not our favorite thing to do, you know, matches it, and that's important. So, well, I'm. This may say, I hope this doesn't come across as patronizing, but I'm so proud of both of you. You folks have been very, very good to us. Lord only knows how many people your encouragement has helped at our events. People have joined our peer groups because of you. Um, I'm always impressed when you're together. We always laugh a lot. We have uh, people that were around like Michael Anatone and Chris Joyce that just make you laugh. The Lee Buffingtons of the world, the cast of characters, Jeffrey Johns, a lot of folks that you've learned from. And you share a lot too. And and I know you've added a lot to the meeting. So folks, we've been on the Grow Show here, Powered by Steel with Ryan and Annette McCarthy from RJ Lawn and Landscape in Des Moines, Iowa. We're going to be with them February 6th, 7th, and 8th, 2024. It is going to be an incredible event. Ryan and Annette, Vince says this is going to be the best grow we've ever done. I know him and Emily were out doing forward work on the hotel and the venue and everything. And I have not seen that myself, but I hear it's unbelievable. I know your facility rocks, but I think more importantly, what I'm excited to show off is the two of you and your team and what you've done and and where you came from. Folks, this is a multidiscipline business, does all kinds of things. It wasn't that long ago. They were around a million dollars a year in revenue. And I think what's what's on target for this year? Ten. Ten. So a $10 million company, very relatable, very nice people. I think we're going to get a whole lot of awesomeness from Ryan and Annette and their team in Des Moines, Iowa. Ryan, Annette, any last words that you want to share with us before we sign off? We're excited to see everybody in February. Hope it snows. I hear you. We'll, we'll learn a lot if it does, right? <laughs> you might have to have some people help. Oh, well, hey, you know what? You're going to have you're going to have a thousand of the best sidewalk shovelers in the world. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm hoping for 40 degrees. And yeah. so. <laughs> Me too. So whatever it is, we'll deal with it, right? That's right. All right. Ryan and Annette, thank you. They've joined us today on The Grow Show, powered by Steel. We'll talk to everyone next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grow Show. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And head to growgroupinc.com for more information and resources to grow your landscaping business. A special thanks to the folks at Steel whose support makes this podcast possible and whose reliable handheld power equipment makes our jobs easier daily. We'll talk to you next week.